Hey, welcome back, guys, uh, to a new season of Melanin Dads, season two. Um, the first season um, was 10 episodes, and uh, I called that the summer season. Now we're going into the fall season. Um, and, you know, normally around this time, it's a, a little um, different for me because, um, you know, now I get to celebrate my daughter's birthday, um, the end of September, but uh, for the last couple years, uh, normally this time has been very difficult for me, and it is still difficult. Um, about four, five years ago, my mom was um, brutally murdered um, and left in her basement uh, while someone or people um, went on and um, and, you know, to live the rest of their lives. Uh, meanwhile, a, um, multiple families, multiple individuals have been affected from uh, this brutal crime. And um, I wasn't going to do an episode, but um, I feel like I have to. Um, I never expected anything like this to happen to uh, myself or my siblings um, or, you know, my grandmom who passed last year. Um, I never thought she would have to see one of her children, you know, leave before her. You know, so it um, it's something that... Uh, hurts hurts a lot and uh i happened to attach um the 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 article um to this uh to this podcast so it's gonna it's gonna play after my little introduction right here um and then we're gonna go into you know what i have to say um yeah, so excuse me if I do stutter or um, lost that word sometimes because I, I I am kind of free balling this right now or uh, so I, just, I I really don't know what to say, but I I figured I could at least um, you know kind of share my input on my journey from where I was when this first happened, through um, the process of life, um, being married, because this happened my first year of marriage. So, yeah. And, um, all right, well. Darby police are searching for a killer after a woman was found in the basement of her own home. But her body was not discovered until hours after the crime, and it's all because of some eagle-eyed neighbors. Action News reporter Vern Odom has the latest on the investigation tonight. Vernon. Good evening, Rick. Police here believe they're well on the way now to solving a grisly crime that took place here over the weekend. They do have a definite person of interest in mind. 
This is the murder scene, 510 Spruce Street in Darby, the home of 52-year-old Diana Hart. Police found her in the basement Sunday afternoon. She'd been stabbed to death. She had multiple stab and slash wounds to the head, neck, and chest. Police entered the house after Hart's special needs daughter was spotted roaming the neighborhood for hours, saying she was looking for her mother. Neighbors knew this was way out of the ordinary and called police. We searched the home downstairs in the basement. We find mom buried under a pile of clothes. Police believe she was killed sometime overnight Saturday into Sunday. Neighbors told me they were too fearful to speak on camera. Police have been hot on the case and they do have a person of interest. We have taken DNA samples from several people. One male that we know to be with her that night. All right, we've served a search one on his house and a search one on his body for DNA. He's a, a person of interest, a very high interest. Monica, those DNA test results are due back sometime next week. Police hope the man they are eyeing is a local with whom she was acquainted. That daughter is now staying with relatives. Live in Darby Borough, Delaware County, I'm Vernon Odom, Channel 6 Action News. So, um, I was debating about even doing this episode because I really didn't know where to start and how to get my ideas or my thoughts together, but I'm going to try to give it a shot and just see how it goes. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of recall as far as what I remember that day and uh, go from there so I remember uh, the last couple days prior to this very very vividly but I remember having a conversation with my mother about um I was getting ready to move into my first apartment with uh, my wife and the kids, and this was our first year of being married. So all this happened our first year of marriage. And um, I remember my mom wanting to, you know, telling me, you know, she was proud and she was happy that I was married and she was ma- I was married to somebody she liked um, and she wanted to, you know, give me money to move and my birthday was that following Thursday so my birthday's on the 12th of October so this was October the 7th that me and her had this conversation and she was just saying how like she knew she messed up as my mom but she wanted to she was happy that she had a relationship with you know at the time it was just my two boys and when I tell you, like, she would always have them if I had to work, if I wanted to go out and enjoy life, she would just have them. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I, I feel like we were able to have this discussion. Maybe she knew what was going to happen to her. Maybe she didn't. But she sounded like she was at peace at that time with, I guess, our relationship and um, that's the last time I talked to her was Friday evening. Um, she told me to come by there uh, to get some money. 
And, um, you know, I told her I loved her and she told me she loved me. And that's the last time we talked. It was Friday. Saturday goes, comes around, I'm working. And Sunday comes around. And, uh, my, uh, my little sister called me. And I was at work when uh, when she called me. And she said, they can't find mommy. I was like, can't find mommy. There's no way that my mom would leave, you know, a mentally disabled uh, girl on her own. Even though my middle sister is an adult, uh, my mom would never do that. So I knew instantly something happened to her. And I'm like hurrying, I'm telling people at my work, I gotta go because they can't find my mom. And I remember getting in my, uh, no, I was working downtown at the time and I'm like calling my wife, I'm calling all these people, I'm calling my dad, I'm calling everybody I could think that probably would be able to calm me down um, because I already knew the worst had happened to my mother because I knew she was still dealing with her own demons and that it wasn't a good sign. So then I uh, hopped on the trolley the whole time. I'm, I'm, I'm riding on this trolley. I'm thinking something ha- somebody did something to her. There's no way she left her and there's no way she left her. And um, I hopped in my car. And um, by the time I got halfway, uh, to Darby from downtown my sister called me again crying saying they won't let nobody in the house they won't let nobody near the basement and for us to go to the, the, the police station and at that point I knew that somebody killed my mom so then I go to the police station I'm driving I'm telling my wife like somebody killed her like somebody there's no way that they're not letting nobody in the house if she was injured, she, she would be in the ambulance. And um, I remember getting there and uh, that's when the officer told me and my little sister that um, that she's dead. And at that moment, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to feel. I just felt like, you know, my little sisters lost a mom. You know, my kids lost their grandmother. And um, somebody's out here just living their best life. So, you know, I try to calm down. I'm like hysterical, crying, you know, because it's, it's your mom, you know. And he always had that, that thing of, you know, that, that saying, oh, I feel, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And I always say that to people, but I really never knew how somebody felt by losing their mom or losing their dad or losing their sibling or losing their child. Until you actually go through that, you feel that, I think it's 
not on purpose, but you really don't know how somebody feels. And, um, yeah, it, um, it was a very hard pill to swallow and it still is. It still is a reminder every single day that my mom is not here. And, um, you know, our kids feel it, you know, my wife feels it. And then, uh, now I have a little girl who, um, you not going to be able to know who her grandmom is. And I have a niece who's not going to know who her grandmom is. So, you know, you kind of take those things in consideration and think about, you know, when you argue with your mom or you say bad things to them, you know, all those thoughts come back about how you wish you could have done things differently and you could have been a better person and you could have been a better son, you could have been a better daughter, you could have been a better parent, brother, sister, friend. Um, in that moment and you know they start asking me questions about you know who she was with and uh, know anybody you know of course I don't know anything because I've been out the house for a very long time and um, you know they're telling me yeah it's uh, the evidence is this is open and shut we, you know we have everything we need it, it, it was such a bad job and I'm like, all right, great. And then you start thinking about after they tell you that, like, wow, you're gonna have to go to court. You know, you're gonna have to sit up there and watch this person try to plead for their life um, after they took somebody else's life. And I've never been in a court setting except for watching TV or hearing other people's stories. But that's never been a story for me. Should I never thought you know, after so many, so much time that I would sit and watch TV with my mom and she would watch Lifetime and ABC News and Dateline and ID Channel and Unsolved Mysteries and she would just laugh and be like, I, I, I hope that's never me on there. And I would always say like, why would you think something like that? And she would just be like, yeah, because I wouldn't want you guys to have to go through that. And I wouldn't want to have to die at somebody else's hands. And come to find out, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what is happening. Because to this day, um, no one knows who did it. No one knows, somebody does, but the people who should know, don't know. And um, it's a, that's another pill, a hard pill to swallow. Um, Not knowing who took the life of your parent. Um, Now, kind of going back over the, you know, the crime scene and what happened. um, After the, you know, the cops left, I went down there and that was very hard um, knowing that somebody you know stabbed her multiple times 
and then left her in the basement of her home with clothes on top of them and then do the, did a, a shit job of um, you know putting bleach and ammonia and trying to clean up a mess that they made and the cops still don't have any clues no Scooby snacks nothing just oh it's another black woman killed at the hands of another black person who knows is a black person and um, you know going from that uh, to um, you know trying to work and be a parent still and deal with baby mama drama and uh, be a husband in a new marriage because this is we're talking about March and this happening in October um, you know and I can say I you know that to me was probably uh, the first time that um really change the DNA of me and just filled me with so much anger and resentment and hatred Um, and that was just geared at everybody and anyone and um, I was still working retail and retail you know they give you a couple days and they tell you come on back And in the meantime, I still had to go and identify the body, which I drove from, uh, you know, let's just say Southwest Philly to Glen Mills. I think the coroner was in Glen Mills. And I remember, I don't know if I met my sister there or I picked her up, I don't remember. But I remember that ride. And it was a very long ride. And all I felt was butterflies and just re, you know, going over the last conversation we had again. And just really remembering that was the last time I talked to her. And, um, you know, I walked in there and, uh, you know, they sit you down at the table and, uh, I don't remember if I saw the body on the table. Um, I'm pretty sure I did. But I remember them giving me a folder and them going over the whole corner, the whole exam. And they having a picture of her in the corner. And I was like, that's not, that's not her. And they said that she was beat so bad that that's just how she looked now. And I said, so someone beat my mom, stabbed her, left her for dead in the basement, raped her, and then, you know, left the door open for my sister who is mentally disabled, not mentally disabled because she was born that way, but mentally disabled because when she was a child, she went into a diabetic coma and lost oxygen to her brain. So my mom 
rest of her life was taking care of her. And um, I was just so busy trying to run from my childhood that I left my sisters to fend for themselves. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you'd be like, if I was one of those kids that just still lived with their parents, this would have never happened, you know? And I'm just like, that's not what she wanted from me. That's not what she wanted out of me. And, um, you know, so fast going back to the corner exam, um, yeah, I thought I would never have to experience something like that ever in life. Going to go see somebody's body on a table. And um, I just remember holding my sister because she was just so dead after that. After just seeing my mom and the way she looked. And um, I was just so, uh, just so sad because it's like this lady died alone. She had to weigh like 120 pounds, if that. And maybe one guy, maybe multiple guys did this. And the simple fact that somebody knows who did this, I think that's the worst part. You know, knowing that somebody knows exactly who did this to this woman, regardless if she owed whoever money for whatever addictions she had, that lady didn't deserve to die. And, um, it's one of those things I've, I, I've never hated anybody in life. I've disliked a lot of people. I've, I've, I've gotten upset at trying to understand how people are thinking or doing certain things. But this, this right here, this, this will forever hold a special place in my heart for this person. Because I remembered every single day on what they took not just from me, but from my, my sisters and to my children, who even after that, after I had to tell them what happened to their grandma, um, my one son had nightmares for a long time. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's something that I don't think I could, I would ever be able to get past, you know, um, so after leaving the coroner's office, um, and I just remember just driving home and it was um, complete silence. Um, my wife went with me, but um, my, my, my mind was just empty, with, was still trying to think about what happened and where, where I just was at 
And um, I remember going to sleep and waking up and having to go to the funeral home. And the thing is, with, with the majority of, I don't know how many funerals I've been to, um, but I know the majority of the funerals that, that, that happen are always go to the uh, funeral home in West Philly um, off of 52nd Street, 53rd, I think. I feel like that's like the funeral home for West Philly. Like, uh, every, I, I don't know. I think I've been to like four or five funerals there. Um, my mom, my grandmom couple other people um but I remember going to the funeral home and um my uncle was in charge of making sure everything was taken care of my grandma paid for the entirety of the funeral and um that's the thing like I, I I've been blessed to have solid women in my life um you know, my grandma paid for the entire funeral. Uh, she even gave up her her uh, plot where she already knew where she was getting buried, which was on top of my, my grandfather. But she gave that spot to my mom. And, um, you know, before she passed last year, before my grandma passed last year, she made sure she went and got her plot um, so she would have a place so that her family wouldn't have to worry about you know, finding, um, or even paying for something like that. And I couldn't imagine if my grandma wasn't here, how I would pay for that or how my, my sisters would, you know, have to pay for that. I I couldn't imagine, you know, and that's why it's so important to make sure that you have life insurance, make sure that you, you set your family up, um, for success because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, the, the, um, the expectancy is for us to die first before them. It's just human nature, you know, it's just what happens. But, um, yeah, so we, um, we went to the funeral home and we had to, you know, think about pictures, um, to put in there uh, of her, uh, what we wanted to say. And, uh, it's funny how these type of things always bring out those family members they bring out the family members who want to bicker about something they got something to say knowing damn well they haven't been around helping these people through whatever they're going through but they have a lot to say when they're not here anymore it it, it just baffles me how these events bring people together majority of the time in, in the bad way and um, I remember going through all, all these things it was a blur because I just wanted my mom back at the end of the day and um, I, I remember that year was my um, I want to say 31st birthday and uh No, I think it might have been my 30th birthday. 31st, I think. Anywho. Um, and it was, it, you know, 
I got, you know, my wife made sure she, uh, you know, got me something, tried to take my mind off it. And it, it was something, you know, unfortunately, for some reason, God made me the way I am. And I cannot stop thinking about things and trying to understand why certain things happen. I think it gets me to a point where I really do get complacent because my mind starts thinking about other things that just get me to a a point where I just, I can't do nothing. Um, I get stuck. Uh, Maybe that's why I should have been like a detective or something. Something where somebody has used their brain to solve things. But I um, I remember her funeral was October the 17th, which was five days after my birthday. And, you know, I remember um, just, just, I'm just praying that this, this day goes fast and it just, um, I can just forget about it. And uh, I remember going there to the funeral home and, uh, And it was um, surprisingly my my uh, for the first time ever. You know, both of my sons' moms were there. My ex girlfriend was there, and my wife was there. Um, but these are all people who had a relationship with my mom. So, but it was just funny having them all together. And uh, I knew at that time when I saw that that my mom was where she was at, laughing because she would laugh at stuff like that we would we would we would joke about ridiculous things that would happen in our lives that we just thought was ironic and that was one of those ironic moments knowing that all these women were in the same building and for the first time it wasn't no drama it wasn't somebody thinking about themselves for a change it was just like okay you know, our, 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 our child's father and mom died, you know, let, let's, you know, put on our, our big boy pants, you know, whatever the case may be. But for me, um, it, for the few seconds, it was a glimmer of, of peace, solidarity. And, um, it, I think, you know, it was one of the, it was one of those things where I'll always remember, um, that, you know, she, she would always have a way of bringing people together. Um, you know, anytime I would um, get into a fight and, you know, uh, before I had, you know, custody order, you know, I always get threatened. You know, my son, you know, you're not going to see him. You know, my mom would always call and, and, and you know, calm it down. Um, you know, so I knew she would and she would laugh afterwards. So I knew wherever she was at, she she was laughing about seeing everybody at her funeral. Um and, and, the, and the crazy part is I, I, I always thought while I was sitting there that maybe the person that did this to her was in there because you always see that in movies you always see the person showing up because they feel so guilty and um, and what made me think about that was that the way they left the scene uh, the way it was um, just everything everywhere um, they tried to clean up with bleach and stuff and you know you see these things on Law and Order and you're like well when on the show when they try to do these things they tell them is you know they, I guess whatever their the, 
their C the uh, crime investigate you know CSI uh, on the TV shows are always like top notch you know and I feel like the the ones that are in our city and in, in our neighborhoods you know meant to protect us are always like you know Dudley do right and um, you know uh, um, just not uh, just very incompetent you know. Um, just like you know you see like Andy Griffin show where they just like it's like a mockery you know and that's what I I really took it as a mockery Um, and I know if you guys listen to the news article because I did put the only news the only news channel that that broadcasted this was ABC and um, I had posted it um, right right before um, this episode I I added on there and um, you could hear the chief you know saying yeah it's uh it's a matter of time we got somebody and i just was like i listening back on it i'm just like they just did that for show um they didn't have nobody and they don't plan on having anybody and um you know that you know going back to the funeral um just seeing a lot of people that one i didn't know um because i i um you know, I left at, a, at an early age and I ran and I didn't come back. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you think that, um, you know, what you could have done differently. You know, I, I always think like if I was one of those kids that just lived with their parents forever, um, this would have never happened. Or if I was more in tune with, you know, my life opposed to like, you know, trying to appease women and, you know, try to do my own shit that, you know, she probably still be here. You know, you always get into that stage of beating yourself up, but it's like at the end of the day, you can't really control what people do with their lives. And, um... But mom was never the type of person to tell me what she was going through. She would tell my little sister, but she knew that I was very judgmental because I knew what my childhood was like. And I knew why my childhood was like that. And um, it wasn't more so judgmental. It was just so it it was more so angry, angry at the fact that, um, you know, I, I always thought she failed me as a mother you know if it was um, if it was uh, you know her and my dad you know getting divorced when I was a baby and um, her moving me to California for whatever reason and I would never know why she did that but you know I lost a lot of time you know with my dad you know for a long time so me and him, you know, didn't have a really good relationship because I didn't understand or I didn't know this guy to even have a relationship with him. And, um, you know, I just never asked questions, you know. And I think that for the most part, why my adult life considers me being very, very nonchalant and just don't care about a lot of things. Um, and not saying that's good at all. Because I, I see the effects it has on my life to this day 
and um, you know that's why I always try to tell my you know teach my kids about holding themselves accountable now so that when they get older they're not falling into little pits and traps uh, due to their childhood you know and due to not being taught the right lessons at an early age so that they can have something to build on and understand you know so after the after the funeral you know I even got <laughs> I even stood up and um, I had you know I talked and I don't know how well I got because a lot of it was <laughs> um, but I tried to tell a story um, I tried to you know I just I really wanted to thank her just for because at the end of the day I feel like she knew what was going to happen to her because I feel like she set the motions for a lot of things and a lot of healing before she left this earth because I think she knew I think she knew that this was going to catch up to her and um, you know so after the funeral of course they had you know we had to go to the cemetery and um that was that was very very hard that was very hard watching her be put in, in the ground it was very difficult so you know it's um that you know you gotta I guess continue with life right I mean you still gotta live and um, the crazy part is you never really understand the little things that remind you and uh, you know, for the longest, I I couldn't watch, you know, certain TV shows. If like my wife was watching ID Channel, I couldn't watch those. Um, when I when I hear people, you know, being killed by their spouses, or you know, um being stabbed and stuff like that is 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 really hard to imagine um you know what those families are going through because i know how it is to feel that it's just like it's like how how much money did she owe somebody to die like how much how how much is somebody worth you killing
you know, so, um, I'm sorry about that, y'all. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pauses in here. It's just, uh, it's hard to talk, you know? But, um, this is, it's now, it's, it's every, every April during her birthday, because her birthday's in April, it rains that day now. I, I'm surprised it's not raining today, October 9th. You know, so I I got a birthday coming up on Monday. Um, I'll probably... I, I, I have another episode I'm posting for my birthday. So that'll be out too. And, um, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to, um, to all, all my episodes, you know, um, this will be 11th one. And, uh, it was very tough, you know, one gathering people, um, because everybody got schedules, COVID's going on. And quite frankly, when I get with my family, I get very lazy. But the show must go on, as they say. So this is a, this is going to be a very huge but good season. And you know the uh, you know I always try to do the takeaways from episodes but it's like how will you take away from something like this you know all I can say is the people that are very very important to you because everybody is going to come in your life just like seasons um but the people who show you through and through like I have friends my wife has friends my wife has friends that became my friends and I have friends that became you know my wife friends but it's the energy and it's the the love that you see from people because I have family that I feel or thought that should be there that haven't haven't been there not even say per se for me but for my children as well too and to see my son hurt the way he hurt for for so long and maybe even now um going through those things and um that just shows you the type of relationship my mother wanted to have with him before she left and for that you know I'll be forever grateful that no my kids were able to experience a grandparent um before she left so it's about 30 minutes before the airing of this uh, episode. And I do apologize if you heard some background noises. 
Um, it's really it was really hard for me to do this episode at home um, because you know the way I am. Uh, once I start thinking about something, it really puts me into um, a state of thinking, and uh, I can't be like that when I'm home with 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 the family and everything like that. You know, so I, I had to do this at work. Um, and of course, you know, I work in the school and um, they are in the process of right now turning on the heat. So it's like, you know, the, the pipes in the background are going off and um, the air is on and stuff like that. So if you hear, I try to put music on to kind of soften the blow. Uh, I didn't have time to edit this video because um, every day I would try to work on it. Um, I had to stop. So I probably apologize about 30 million times throughout this uh, episode, but um, I, I think um, it would be a disservice to, um, you know, my peeps if I, I didn't explain myself. Um, this wasn't a rush project. It was something that I, I've been feeling like I had to do since episode one. Um, I just had to find the right time. So maybe this year this would be my dedication to her would be this episode. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's very important to, um, you know, you know, again, going back to, you know, generational curses, um, I had a lot of them, you know, my, my siblings had a lot of them and, um, finding out now that my mom had a lot of them that she went through with her parents and her siblings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that you don't put those on your children as hard as it is because I find myself falling into a state where I want to argue with my wife in front of the kids or, um, you know, start getting loud or even talk to them a certain way. And I have to remember that I don't want them to have to grow up and, and do the same work that I had to do as a kid to get somewhat normal. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, even, even after well, my grandma funeral and, um, knowing that I had to go to that same, that same great graveyard and, uh, and go see, um, see her and, um. You know, I know I have to go back there, um, you know, and, and talk to her and my grandma because they're they're both there now, next to each other. And I I remember the last thing that my grandma said when she was in the hospital. And she's like, uh, she's like, Julian, I I'm done. I I put up the best fight that I could uh, for the longest, and she was pushing ninety. So I knew that she did her job, and um. The last thing she said to me was that this will probably be the last time we're going to talk. And um, I, I've already seen my husband and I've seen my daughter. And um, they told me to come home. And, um, you know, it's time. Uh, it's time. And that, you know, that my daughter said she missed me. And um, that's the last time me and her talked. And... Um, You know, this, uh, besides those two people, 
I really didn't fuck with anybody else on that side of the family. You know, especially when I got older and, you know, people stopped coming over to my grandma's for, for holiday dinners like we used to. And maybe that'll be a tradition I start when I get older and my kids have kids. And it's like, let's come over and have Thanksgiving and Easter together. And, you know, not more so about the holiday, but just for the gathering part. And um, families don't do that anymore. I haven't for a long time. So I'm going to end the episode right here. And, you know, um, next next episode will be on my birthday. I have, I have a very, um, I always say very special guest. Everybody special that comes on this episode or any episode or, you know, I, I always appreciate everyone's transparency when it comes to their mental health. And please, 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 if you know anybody that's struggling with any type of addiction, anything. Um, now, I am a strong advocate for medical marijuana. So if you know that you are depressed, if if, if you're suffering anxiety, um, you know, regular medicine is not working for you, you know, uh, Medical marijuana is um, a great tool, and I advise anybody who is uh, in need of that, um, it's very easy to get now. Now, the only thing about that is you can't get your, your, your license to carry, so it's one or the other. Um, but, you know, please go out and, and, and seek some help because it's the little things like mental health that will separate you from someone else and stop you from, you know, accomplishing your dreams and aspirations because of how you, of how you feel and, 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 and not getting the relief from those feelings is, I feel like it's the biggest weight of the world. And, um, if your kids are suffering, if you know your kids are suffering, you know, please get them some help. And um, I know when my son was going through it, you know, and, and I, w I told his mom, I said, you know, we got to go and get him some, you know, have him seek a therapist. And she said, my son don't need that. And it's the, it's the little things like that, that we have to make sure that we're not falling into the stigmas because we hear that we're not supposed to do those things or it's weird or, oh, why do you, are you crazy or something like that? You know, don't allow somebody else to stop you from getting the help that you need. With that said, I love everybody. And, um, you know, if I, if I had an opportunity to talk to my mom one last time, it would probably, t I would probably have told her, um, you know, uh, that I love her. Um, you know, I, I did get the chance to tell her I forgave her for everything. Um, I did, I, we did talk about that. And, um, I know she's, wherever she's at right now, she, she sees, um, the family I have now. She, uh, is able to be a part of their lives still and watch over them. And, um. I'm, I wish I could just tell her sorry that this happened to her.
because you know at the end of the day she she didn't deserve this nobody deserves this the 400 people that are have been killed in my city don't deserve that um regardless of whatever the reason why I was nobody deserves to, to lose their life because it's not just their life that is getting lost it's the people it's the the, the ripple effect um if you ever watched the movie Crash, it's just like that. The 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 rip ripple effect, the time effect that happens to everybody. Just like the force of a car accident. Or the the force of anything. It has the effect on everybody. So when I see people killing people, it's it's just sad because these are the same people that are crying because their loved ones are being killed. So if you know how that feels, why are you murdering other people? But the sad part of reality is that we'll go out here and kill our own people for money, for drugs, for sex, for jealousy, for whatever reason, we'll kill our own people. It's easier for you to kill somebody that looks like you. But we not out here fucking with the white people, though. You know, we not, we still shucking and jiving for them. You know, so when they talk about black on black crime, yeah, it's a thing. And I'll never take that away from what is going on in the world as far as systemic racism, police brutality. So, you know, remember those things. And please encourage someone to go get mental help. If you know somebody is battling their demons, if I even knew this was a thing when I was younger, I would have went and got my mom the help she deserved. I would have went and got my sisters the help they deserved. I would have went and got myself help at a younger age because I had the tools to understand why I felt the way I felt or why I moved in relationships so fast. I would have had the tools to understand that. But that's what separates our community from other communities. Because from the dawn of time, we've always had a crab and a barrel mentality. That's why when I have people on here, I praise them. I show them love. Because I have no hate, no envy. I don't spite people. So please, please, please stop. And the last thing I have to say, if you know anything about what happened to this woman, if anybody knows what happened to this woman, please reach out to me. Because my mom deserves the justice that she's never gotten. Take care of yourself.